Welcome to part two of this out-of-line discussion with Ryan Weiss. Um, let's let's start with the very beginning. What's when did you first get on social media? What platform, what channel, what year? Um I get I guess, I mean, God, what really Facebook, my s- freshman, I was in the dorms. So my freshman year of college was the year that Facebook became accessible to a few other universities other than whatever the social network movie universities, whatever, wherever it started. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I think it was Harvard. Harvard. Um, <laughs> I was at a university at a conservatory in Cincinnati, and there was this thing called Facebook. So, but I also think about like social media as like AIM before that, like instant messaging. Oh, mm-hmm. Like AOL was a, like email was kind of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we could only reach one person at a time until chat groups began. You could Mm -hmm. start sharing your public opinion and posts. And I guess social media has always been a part of my life, even though I'm 33 now. Um, So, yeah, my freshman year of college would have been my first kind of entree Mm -hmm. into the world of social media. The social. Yeah. So your, your brand, Waking Up With Ryan is is you know it's so it's so grounded it's so it's so guru it's so you know fabulous i love it um is there ever a time where you're like man i want to talk about this and i created this brand that there isn't a space for me to talk about this thing you know i gotta say no Cool. No, because one of the intentions with creating Waking Up With Ryan is that I never, I don't want to be a guru. I am not a guru. I don't like the idea that people think I'm a spiritual teacher, that I'm somehow smarter or wiser or more enlightened than anybody else. Um, I don't like that idea because if you could hear the voices in my head when I'm thinking judgments about other people, um, I am fucking human. Yeah, we all are, which is what makes me want to learn and grow so much. So waking up with Ryan, firstly, it really lives as a morning email service, right? So, uh, which I love. Thank you. I send out a daily morning email every day, and um, I heard somebody talk about their own writing, and I thought it was the perfect example or the perfect way to talk about my writing, which was reverence mixed with irreverence. So I have a reverence for life, but. I have an irreverent personality. I like to curse. I like to get into dirty stuff. And um, I think the reason that the email list has grown, you know, I've never, you're really smart about social. Like, and I'm sure you're talking to a lot of people who are strategic and social. And I am like an idiot when it comes to that. Not an idiot. I'm sure I could learn it. I'm not that interested Mm. um, in like marketing strategy, um, not that there's anything wrong. There's it's beautiful to market your message. Waking up with Ryan has purely grown because people forward those emails. Like I've never marketed it. I've never like my website's down right now. Like it's not even like I don't even have a website right now. Oh no, um, it's all good. It's getting re it's getting revamped, which is actually really exciting. Um, but I think part of the reason that the brand that people are aware of the brand, which shocks me all the time when I'm like walking around and somebody's like. 
excuse me, are you waking up with Ryan? <laughs> My boyfriend thinks it's hilarious. Um... And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, your emails have changed my life. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. And I'm like, it started because I was working with a handful of coaching clients one-on-one. And I wanted to just be in their life a little more than just having a phone conversation with them once or twice a week. So I started sending just a couple of people an email in the mornings to just like, hey, here's a little thought. Here's something to remember. Um, I had no expectation that it would ever become, there was no waking up with Ryan, like waking up with Ryan happened because I got hundreds of emails from people within a couple of weeks of doing that. Like my clients, brothers or sisters or friends or relatives or whatever saying, Hey, you've been sending these notes to this person or that person. Will you send them to me too? Mm. And I was like stressed because every day I was getting 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 people emailing me saying, will you please add me to your list i was like i don't have a fucking list and my partner at the time was like why don't we build you a landing page i was like what's a landing page he's like why don't we build you a landing page with an opt-in i was like what's an (laughs) opt-in he's like you can use mailchimp i was like what's mailchimp um and let's get you so that you so people can just sign up and then you just write one email and you set the time and it just goes out to everyone who has signed up so i actually had no zero zilch expectation that my list would grow to what it is now. Um, Zero, zero expectation. But I think that's what, why I can then say to people who come to me for coaching around wanting to call a relationship in their life or wanting to call some kind of healing, physical weight loss um, or wanting to, uh, shift careers, um, launch a new product. The very first thing I say to people is get in touch with your connection to your grace and find all the places that you believe you're not supported and shift into the knowing, just like we're talking about through these practices. Like you're so supported and you'll, you'll just be inspired to do something. I was inspired to send an email to a couple of people every day and now I have a brand with thousands of people who are paying attention to these emails. And then I send out one email because I want to do a retreat in Bali. Then I have like people signing up for that because they've been reading the morning emails for years. I've never asked them for anything. I've just been giving, 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 giving content again every day for years. And then I put out like, oh, hey, I made this meditation recording. Like you can go online and buy it and then thousands of people go buy it or people sign up to travel halfway across the world to go to Bali or I'm leading a workshop somewhere and now there's an engaged audience that isn't even that big but that is interested Mm. and that has gained from what I've been putting out and I remember Seth Godin you know Seth Godin of course saying years ago like firstly the most important thing in your relationship between you and your audience is trust. And then beyond that, or as well as that, is people don't just pay you with their money. They pay you with their time and their attention. And that is the most valuable thing, is the fact that people take time to read what I'm putting out and and, and um, are attentive. And that 
you know, he also says the way to have a remarkable brand is to create something the way to a remarkable brand is a brand that stands out from the rest. And there's so much noise out there, but that a remarkable brand is one that people make remarks about. And so if you're doing something remarkable, you don't have to like, you don't have to start with a half a million dollar marketing budget. Mm -mm. You just have to do something remarkable. You just have to think like, what problem do people have? And, or, or, or what problems do people have that I actually care about? And is there a way that I can be a part of their solution? And how can I talk to them in a way that says, I understand your problem, me too, and I'm not going to preach you a solution, but I am going to say, hey, I just thought you might like to know that there's this thing that I do or there's this product that I use or there's this mantra that I, whatever, whatever field you're in, and you give them that spark of hope, you give them that spark of a solution, and then they're at lunch with their friend who's having a similar problem, and they're like, oh, you should go check this thing out. Now people are making remarks about you, and if you have something of worth, you're going to know because people are going to tell you. And so the question isn't, how do I get my product into more people's hands that people aren't buying it? What's wrong with them? No. The question is, if I create something meaningful, people will pay for something that they need. So what? So I, either I'm not understanding what people need or I don't understand how to talk to people. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. I don't know how to connect with people. Mm. And so from a social media perspective, I think people are very smart these days. I think consumers are very smart these days. We now are finding out that like, brands are not really going after anymore the people with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers or millions of followers. They're actually going after quote unquote, I have brands coming after me. I have 15,000 people following me on Instagram. Like it's nothing, Mm -hmm. but they know that the people who are reading my emails and who are uh, on my social, they're listening to me. Yeah. Uh, By the way, you'll never find a sponsored ad on my social, which is, you know, it has, there hasn't been the right brand yet, but, um, the consumer is smart and they know when they're being sold to mm-hmm. and they know when the person sharing is out of integrity. Um, so it's a new age, you know, it's like, what is it? The, who said the, uh, the revolution will not be broadcast. Oh yeah. I don't know who said that, but I've heard that. And I saw recently the revolution will be digitized. And I thought that was really cool. Because the digital media world, we have an opportunity right now where people are self-selecting who they want to listen to, mm. who they want to pay attention to. And uh, so as a quote unquote influencer, which we all are now, we're all in every single human who has a phone or a computer is an influencer. Yeah. I think we have an opportunity to just really think about how we want to use our our influence and is it in alignment with kind of our more soul's purpose on the earth to see you know to see the earth heal to see our species heal and i think those are the people that i'm interested in who do you look to for your inspiration um either online or 
maybe they don't, maybe they're not even alive and they don't have an online presence, but who do you, who do you look to? Great question. Um, so I'm a big podcast fan and it's interesting because, so I listen to On Being with Krista Tippett, like it's my juice. It, it's, it is. She inspires me the way she thinks about life, the kinds of questions she asks her guests, the people that she chooses and the way she brings information out of them, I think is, so I really am inspired by Krista Tippett and the On Being podcast. Um, I really right now, in terms of relationships, I'm really appreciating people who are expanding the perspective of relationships like Esther Perel, mm-hmm. I think is really, really interesting. I love her. Um, and then spiritually, I look up, you know, we talked about Marianne Williamson. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of listening to the law of attraction stuff from Esther Hicks. Um, I'm a big, big fan of Byron Katie, which is hers is the work by Byron Katie. Um, I like the spiritual smackdown from Caroline Mace, M-Y-S-S. Um, there's a book called The Tools that I'm really inspired by, by two psychologists, Phil Stutz and Barry Mickles, who really teach how to open ourselves to feel what we have to feel and mm-hmm. move through the harder stuff that we, you know, to just, just to build the emotional force or willingness to feel it all. And the intelligence we gain from that, especially the stuff that we don't want to feel. Um, I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Gilbert and her book, Big Magic, I think is a really important idea and very much in alignment with everything we talked about in our podcast episode about opening. Mm. Um, In terms of social media, um, I'm inspired by, you know, men with six packs and great arms. Same. Same. (laughs) <laughs> I'm inspired by Speedos. Mm-hmm. Jack. Insp- yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, though. Um, I inspire, I'm inspired by my partner, Ori mm. Prince. You can check him out. I count Prince his flips. abs. They're always there. He, they're always there. And she's just like flipping houses on a very high level way and looking gorgeous doing it. We message each other with marble photos a lot <laughs> just slabs of marble we're both like look at this marble and then we both like freak out and then i'm like i love him he's the best so glad i can freak out about marble with someone yeah me too <laughs> i love you on social oh you're sweet your photos are always beautiful so well like your color i'm just like i'm just impressed how people can have such a variety of material but how it all fits together in this like beautiful puzzle feels really good um yeah that's good what um what is your either your social media practice in terms of like your phone like do you have a practice of boundaries of like I don't bring my phone in my bed or I don't bring my phone in this room or these hours of the day I'm not on my phone what is a healthy practice for phones and technology and social media yeah so One thing that I'm really big on in general in life is before talking about the practice, talking about why it's so important to have the practice so that we realize what we're up against. Just like if I was going to go to war, I really need to know everything I could possibly know about my enemy so that I know how to fight the enemy. I know the importance of preparing myself for the battle, right? Because if I just, 
if I don't educate myself, then I'm not going to probably think much of my enemy. And then I'm going to be surprised when they attack me without me even being aware of it. And I think phones and technology, we're not even aware of how we're being quote unquote attacked, how our attention is being sought and being bought and being manipulated. Um, there's a reason, you know, uh, shit, a friend of mine was just telling me about, uh, I don't remember who she was talking about. Somebody was saying the other day that maybe it was like a TED talk or a video that they did that imagine replacing your phone with a bottle of whiskey. And so every time you pick up your phone, you're actually taking a swig of whiskey. So imagine, you know, you pick up your phone when you're taking a shit, take a swig of whiskey. You pick up your phone because you're at a stoplight, take a swig of whiskey. You pick up your phone because you're bored, take a swig of whiskey. Like you'd be fucking hammered. Hammered. And, and you'd be aware that you're an addict. Yep. Meanwhile, with our phones, we're really unaware of how addicted we are. And there's four major corporations that are in control of all our digital spaces. Trillion dollar corporations that have billion dollar marketing budgets to and budgets to understand the neurology of the brain and what experiences on our phones or on our computers or on social media trigger a dopamine and serotonin response inside of ourself, which gives us this hit of joy, this hit of happiness, which by the way, the Buddha taught the things of the world can bring temporary happiness at best. And the powers that be know that we get a temporary shot of happiness, but it's temporary. And then we're left with our darkness again. And then we look for it again Mm -hmm. and we get it. Ooh, I feel good. And then we go back into our life and then we're feeling dark again and we look for it again. It's, a, it's an addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to understand that we're up against, it's not just like this random thing. We're up against brilliant marketing companies who know exactly how to manipulate our emotional life to get us to pay attention to what they're doing, right? And brands and products will pay lots of money to get our attention through the manipulation of our emotional life and our mental and spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And so it's our duty as a consumer or as a device holder to create boundaries so that we say to those marketing companies, no, you don't get to come to bed with me. You don't get to come into my meditation with me. You don't get to come into my mind before I've like, taking a fucking shower, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, yeah, I don't, I don't touch my phone except for I turn off my alarm. I leave it on airplane mode all night while I'm sleeping so that when I wake up, I don't have a ton of notifications that tempt me into, oh, let me just check my notifications really quickly before I know it. I'm like an hour into my day writing emails and doing work and mm, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I take time in the morning to cultivate my inner awareness of my peace, my gratitude, my blessingness for my blessedness for being alive, for breathing air, everything we've been talking about. And uh, I take time for that, to connect with myself, to connect with my partner, to go outside with my dogs, to breathe some air, to be grateful to be alive before I allow that shit in my head so that I have some groundedness Mm. so that's a big practice for me is in the morning um yeah my partner and i've recently made a rule to like not bring our phones into bed because we did realize like there we were in bed like scrolling Mm -hmm. not okay 
not okay, disconnected. Mm. Um, and, uh, those are the, those are the, those are the two big ones. Like I try to shut my screens off about an hour, hour and a half before I go to sleep, which is challenging, mm-hmm. but so important. I sleep so much better. Um, yeah. Mm, those are some, those are some good ones. I think it's, I think you giving some explanation is, is so supportive because it is sometimes it's like, oh, I know I shouldn't be on my phone or oh, I know I shouldn't be addicted to social media. It's like, okay, but why? And if we actually talk about that, then the solutions and the practice of giving our phones and our social media some boundaries that actually make our lives more enriched and the relationships deeper, um, it makes us actually commit to those things instead of just feeling the guilt yeah. of, oh, I know, I know I'm on my phone too much or like, oh, I know it's bad. I know it's bad. It's, it's like, well, let's talk about why. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And, and, um, I definitely agree and relate to, um, you know, I have like a beautiful partner that I love with all my life and, and, and all my heart. And when I wake up in the morning and you know, he's still asleep. Sometimes I'm like, well, I'll just, if I just get my phone, then I can just be on my phone and I, I'm not missing out on time with him. But then if I wake up and he's on his phone laying in bed, I'm like, why are you on your phone in bed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get, it makes, it like hurts my heart. Yeah. I'm like, ew, I feel yeah. violated yeah. because it is, it's our sacred space and yeah. you're bringing something else into it. Um, and so it's really, yeah, it's, we go through seasons of, um, leaving our phones outside of the bedroom completely where they're like out here cool. um, in the living room. And that's awesome. And then I got freaked out when there were all of the weird like earthquakes. And I was like, maybe we should have our phone close because if there's an earthquake, then I can't go in the other room if there's like <laughs> broken walls and broken glass. <laughs> so, but then that's another thing. Like I just created a story of like why I needed it close to me. And it's like, I probably don't, maybe I still just need it on the other side of the room and not in the other side of the house. Anyway, <sighs> lots to talk about, but I love that. Um, so going back what you were saying about, you know, sponsors and sponsors wanting to work with smaller, smaller things. So I am working with cat footwear as a sponsor for this podcast. And the reason that I'm so excited about that is because they, they came to me and said, we love what you do. We love who you are. What are you working on? That is something that we can like believe in. And I'm just like, I mean, as a creative person, like having someone believe in you before you've even created it and just be like, we know it's going to be cool. So are you working on anything? I was like, I was, I had no intention of going to look for sponsors for this podcast. So I was like, who has time for that? But then when they're like, are you doing anything cool? We like you. We believe in you. We think that taking, taking creative risks is valuable. I was like, uh, amazing. Anyway, preamble to... When it comes to you and taking risks and putting yourself out there and coming up with new ideas, things you want to try in your business, um, how do you how do you know what you're gonna what you're gonna try to pursue? How do you where do you feel it in your body when you're like, ooh, that's a good idea, I'm gonna try that? Mm. It, that's such an interesting question. I firstly, I think I'm somebody who has a bazillion great ideas, and and 
hasn't notoriously been so good at the action of making things happen, um, which has given me a gift to see the ideas that stick around versus the ideas that fall away over time. Right. So like the book that I'm working on right now, I had the idea for this book four years ago and it has been nagging me ever since. And I'm like, okay, and I know I have to do that. Right. The ideas that I've had have been. Yeah, there's there's a difference between what feels like a full body. Yes. And kind of a sort of a yes. And the full body yeses, they stick around for me. Um, I'm I'm somebody who's like. I've learned to be less of a, oh my God, that's an amazing idea. I have to act on it right now. My whole life is based on that versus a, oh my God, that's a really cool idea. Let's see what happens. Do you know? Like I'm I'm more patient in life, whereas I used to be so quick about everything. Mm -hmm. Kind of I'm like a little more laid back and a little more just willing to, willing to let things show me what they are. And if they're supposed to be the thing that I'm supposed to focus on, I can't avoid it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, The other cool thing is having been at the work that I've been at now for eight years is I have the next year of my life. I already know what's, you know, I know the clients that I'm working with in terms of my coaching for the most part, at least for the next six months out. Uh, I know that I'm leading a retreat in Hawaii in May. I know that I'm leading one in Bali in October of next year. Um, I know that I'm leading a workshop in February. I know that like I know that I'm working on my book. I know that I'm I'm launching this other thing. I know that I'm consulting on a few brand things. Like I know what I'm. I, I have things that I'm up to. So the the great ideas that do come up sometimes they're not things that I can execute on for a little while anyways. So I have time to see if it is really living within me. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a level of patience and surrender that you go, oh, that's a great idea. Let's see what happens. Oh my God, I just had the idea again. Oh my God, I was in yoga and the idea came up again, but this time I thought about it this way. Okay, it's time to go sit down and write about that. Oh, I'm I'm now on the phone with my friend and they brought up that idea now and they had a perspective that was really interesting. Okay. I really need to execute on this. And like, I believe that these ideas have a life of their own Hmm. and that we get to serve them. It's much like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in her Ted talks and in big magic, like inspiration has its own intelligence and it has a way to work its way through us. And so for me, I know it's a yes. If it just keeps showing up. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, Almost like it has to ferment a little bit to yes. really get a picture of what it is, what what animal, what creature it's going to be. It's like pregnancy. <laughs> you know, you don't just like inseminate an egg and then tomorrow the baby comes. It takes nine months for the full creative process to unfold. And I think so much of the time people put stuff out into the world that's so half-baked. Yeah. That like they haven't sat with it. They don't really know what it is, but it's like cool and glossy and fun. And then they might have like a big opening launch, but then they're struggling so hard in the long term of like keeping interest and holding focus. Like just take your time to cultivate. Mm. You just take your time to cultivate your work and let yourself be shown what it is as opposed to being so, div- dis- as opposed to being so 
decisive about you knowing what it is, mm. right? Like for me, it's like, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. It's interesting because like you're you're asking me these social media business questions, and I feel like every answer that I'm bringing back is it's really grounded in spirituality because everything is grounded in spirituality. It's interesting because sometimes people think about their spiritual life in focus to like how they love another person. But then when it comes to their money or their career, they have to figure it out. Mm. And I'm like, honey, no, honey, honey, please, honey, (laughs) honey, honey, Honey. the best sound in the world is you and Ori saying honey to each other. Honey. (laughs) Oh, honey. We go, honey, honey, honey. And he'll go, yeah. And I'll go, can I ask you a question? And he'll say, yeah. And I'll say, are you my guy? And he'll say, yeah. And I'll say, oh, honey. (laughs) You can cut that part (laughs) or keep it. I love it. I just like, I need to wake up to like my alarm sound needs to be you guys saying honey to each other. Honey. I love it. Um, Okay. Last two questions. Um, We've talked a lot about practice. And I know you have a daily practice. What's your self-care practice? Goddess time, boo. <laughs> my self-care practice is my goddess time. I take a bath at the end of my workday. I fill my tub with essential oils and um, what's it called? Epsom salt? But, but sodium chloride. Oh. Sodium chloride? <laughs> Some someone goes out and buys With like a chemical and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like <laughs> Sorry, you have no more skin on your bones. Whoopsies. <laughs> we get like an email and they're like, oh, I have second degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, don't do it, people. <laughs> Please Google if that's the correct chemical. Yeah. You put it in your sodium, whatever. Bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. From the Zexton seabed is the one that I get. Ooh. And uh and and I soak, boo. I soak. Yes. My self-care practice is definitely my spiritual practice at the beginning of the day. And then my goddess time. And I try to take a yoga class every day. <sighs> yeah. And my thing is if I'm either in yoga class at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or it doesn't get done. Right. So. What time do you go to bed? Um, When I'm like really on my A game, I'm probably asleep by... Like if I'm waking up at 5.30 for a 6 a.m. yoga class, I'm in bed by 9.30, 10. Holy, you're awesome. That's so good. But like, let's not, let's be real here. Like that's not all the time. Right. Right. So the last night we went to bed at probably at 11 and I woke up at 6.15 to get to a 7 a.m. yoga class today. Um, That's really important for me. And by the way. I don't just like wake up with like birds chirping and feeling like freaking Cinderella when I have my glass shoes on. Like I wake up, I'm like, it's freezing in my room right now. I'm so warm under my covers. My beautiful partner is next to me. My dogs are cuddled up with us. I'm warm. I'm exhausted. I don't want to get out of bed right now. I'm loving being in bed right now. And my head starts saying, don't go to yoga today. Like you went yesterday. You're fine. You know what? You have a lunch, your lunch canceled for today so that you can go during lunchtime or like you can go at the 430 class. And as soon as I hear that voice chirping in, if I'm not feeling good in my spiritual practice, that voice wins. And I would say some of the time that voice wins. 
when I am on my A game, I have the ability to hear that voice and go, not today, yo, Mm -hmm. not today. No, thank you. And I throw the covers off and I throw myself into a cold shower and I brush my teeth and I'm miserable in that cold shower until, oh my God, it starts feeling good. Okay. And then I do what I have to do. And then there's that voice, like I'm on the way out to the car and I'm like, ah, just like go get coffee and like come back and like read a book for a little bit or something. And then I'm like, nope, just at least get yourself into the car, you know, at least get into your car and put the seat warmer on and then Okay, now I just have to back out of the parking spot. Meanwhile, my voice is going, don't you just want to stay home? Like, don't you just... Nope. Pull the car, reverse, and then at least drive toward the yoga studio. (laughs) Do you know? Like, that's what I have to, like, get. It's, like, it's, like, work to to motivate myself to do this self-care practice. People say to me, like, it's so easy for you. I'm like, why do you have that perception? Like, I write every day about how... The reason I write every day is because it's challenging. Like, it's challenging to take care of ourselves in a world where we don't value taking care of ourselves, where we think it's, like, cheap and weak, and we think, like, working our asses off is, like, the end game of being alive. No fucking way. I'm excited about this one with you because you already are such a a believer in our connectedness. So what is something that you believe that you have in common with every single human on the planet? In our core, we all want to be loved and we want to love. I love it. It's a good one. Thanks, my love. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. There's so much, so much steak to chew on in this. Can't wait. Have fun cutting it up and serving it up. I can't wait to hear it. Ah, oh, it's been good. I love you. I love you too. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?